hello everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. I'm very excited to be here today. My name is Kevin Rognes and I'm the Discipleship Director at Faith Covenant Church. And I'm sitting here with my good friend, Anna Grizka. Um, hopefully her son doesn't wake up from her, his nap soon um, so we can get some of this done. Um, but I'm very excited. As always, I first want to remind you to make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you're getting a new episode every week. So today, the reason that I'm talking with Anna is that we are starting a series on mental health and how that interacts with our faith and what are some Christian perspectives on matters of mental health and what is mental health. So today we're going to be focusing on just some of those preliminary discussions about what mental health is, what it is not, what disorders are, what are syndromes, and those kinds of things. And so the reason that I'm talking about this with Anna is that she has some expertise in this area because tell, tell me about your expertise. I, <laughs> expertise. <Yeah. laughs> um, so I am a school counselor mm-hmm. and I work with middle school students right now, um, but I have worked over the years with across eight, kindergarten to 20 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so how did you get into this field? Like, what was your path and your trajectory to get to this point? Oh, my goodness. That's right. We were going to talk about my trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Bethel University. Whoop, Mm -hmm. whoop. Shout out to Bethel. Um, And I graduated with a music education vocal degree. And um, I realized I didn't want to teach. It's not great. So instead, uh, so I I graduated with a degree. and I went into ministry instead, in youth ministry. And I worked in youth ministry in multiple churches for about four and a half-ish mm-hmm. years. It's a little sticky. And part of that was also um, time volunteering at Faith Covenant Absolutely. as a youth leader. So she's been at Faith Covenant for a while. Yes, yeah. So between like running youth programs, um, being in charge of specific events, volunteering time, doing small group uh, confirmation, you name it, I did it in youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a whole missions trip to New Orleans, planned that all out, and did missionary work down there. That was, oh, that's still one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> um, and just have kind of done the full gamut. And I realized in I I my time in ministry was ending, and I was just really struggling with what to do next and where Mm -hmm. to go next. And my last slew of students kind of experienced um, some suicides. There was about three or four suicides. I can't quite remember anywhere, right in a row. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of getting the trickle effect on Wednesday night. And I I had had a lot of uh, points along the way in ministry where I felt like I didn't have enough information. I didn't have enough background to provide the help that my students needed to Mm -hmm. give to... I wasn't, I didn't have enough knowledge to support them in the best way possible. Sure. And so this was kind of the final last flag that I needed more education mm-hmm. and I needed more information on how to be there for my students because I was kind of getting all the aftermath. And um, a couple of my older high school boys told me point blank, you know, we wish you had been in the schools. Um, we wish someone like you had been in the school to be there for us. Um, just to be there for us right away versus mm-hmm. kind of I kind of got the aftermath and they just wanted to be kids and function normally on Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and so as I exited ministry, it kind of got my wheels turning. It kind of sat in the background um, and I was just kind of wandering. And then someone, I can't, I can't remember who, brought up school counseling Um, because it's kind of the happy medium between my education degree and my years of experience in ministry. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, (laughs) this sounds interesting, school counseling. And I remember when you kind of started first talking about that, I was like, that sounds perfect for you. (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of people that were like, yeah, why didn't you think of that years ago? And I was like, oh. Um, So really kind of roundabout way. great when everybody else sees it coming and you don't? (laughs) And I was like, great. And actually, my husband, who is my well, we had just started dating at the time, was like, he's kind of like a why not go for it kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So he was like, why, what do you have to lose? Right. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> so that's how More I, education. Oh, no. <laughs> right. So that's how I got into it. And it was, um, I went to Adler Graduate School. Mm-hmm. And Adler, fun fact, is actually originally housed in Chicago, okay. which is where 
I'm originally from not the city, but north of the, the city, area. the area. So if you've ever been to the Adler Planetarium, that's the same Adler. Gotcha. And so their only other physical school base is in the Twin Cities here in oh. Minnesota. And so that's, I went to Adler Graduate School mm -hmm. and loved it. And I, yeah, so I'm relatively new in the field of school counseling itself in the career, in the job, whatever you want to call it. Um, but working with youth, I've done that since I was 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So over a decade, yeah. <laughs> I have worked with students. And that's a, a heavy load of discipleship type stuff with students yes. and with their parents, really. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's a whole, it's a family comprehensive. comprehensive <laughs> yep. Um, because statistically... Um, yes, a student spends a lot of time at school and they're, you know, with their friends in school, but they spend the most amount of time in the home. That's mm -hmm. where almost all habits, everything is formed for the mm -hmm. most part at yeah. home. It's yeah. shown again and again and again and again. Whatever ha is happening at home, that's what they'll get yeah. the most of. Yeah. And so you also want, when we were discussing this, you also wanted to kind of give some clarity as to what your role is yes. as a school counselor and where you fit in the whole scheme of like mental health professionals. Yes. Tell us a bit about so that. So in the world of mental health, which is this giant oh, bubble yes. that everyone talks about all the time. Psychiatrists and therapists and blah. There's all these different roles within mental health. And so a school counselor is kind of, I kind of picture a ladder. And a school counselor is the bottom rung. <laughs> So, Which isn't to say it's not important. Right. <laughs> so the school counseling is is kind of the bottom rung because we cannot legally diagnose mm -hmm. any, anything. Mm -hmm. So good you for parents to know. You may personally recognize it and say, I know in my head that that's depression, but I can't diagnose it. I cannot legally diagnose as a school counselor. So sure. what does that mean? <laughs> as parents, as you're listening, students, as you're listening. Um, so... What that means is I have to know everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I How's that going? <laughs> great, great. I have to constantly be learning all the time. Don't we all? Don't we all? Um, so we are, school counselors are essentially the gap, the bridge. We gap the bridge between mental health and education. Bridge the gap. What did I say? Gap the bridge. Gap the bridge. Bridge the gap. <laughs> I didn't have enough coffee this morning. This is what happens when Anna and I hang out. It's just a mess, but that's fine. <laughs> so we're we bridge the gap. Yes. There we go. We <laughs> took me a realize. It took me a while to realize that you said gap the bridge. I anyway, I was like, what was I trying to say? So we knew our biggest challenge was going to be keeping on track. Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. So you bridge the gap. Yes, yes. We bridge the gap between mental health and education. So what does that mean? Our focus really is we want your child as a student and students as students, we want you to be the best possible you that you can be. Mm -hmm. And so that means whatever barriers you have, and that could mean a lot of different things, yes. um, we are there to be your support system. We've got a different set of tools than the teachers and administration in your building, a different set of tools than the nurse or special education. Mm -hmm. um, we have different tools in our toolbox to help kids be successful and feel successful in the school setting, mm -hmm. whatever that means. So like our biggest things are ADD, ADHD, depression, anxiety are kind of your, your typical things you'll run into as sure. a counselor. Yeah. And it's everything in between. So in the mental health world, we are your connection point as a parent and as a student. So a lot of times, um, I heard this in grad school, someone referred to school counselors as your first responders. Mm, okay. Your first responders on the scene. So a lot of times, we're your first responder for your kid. Because mm -hmm. we'll start noticing weird behaviors. Teachers might notice a behavior. We'll come into the classroom. We'll go into the lunchroom. We'll go, I work for an online school. I'll come see you <laughs> yeah. in a Google Meet um, and uh, try to figure out what is going on and we're going to problem solve and we're solution focused. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is we might see something that's really off. We're going to get in contact with the family and we're going to say, hey, 
we're noticing this X, Y, and Z, are you seeing it at home? And that's where steps further can happen to mm -hmm. the therapist, the psychologist, the pediatrician is gonna mm -hmm. recommend you know, elsewhere. So we're that first responder for mm -hmm. your students. To help connect students and parents to other resources yep. that may be helpful. Yep, yep, because we are not, le to the legal system, a school counselor is not a professional mental health provider. So sure. in, a, in, legal, in the legal realm, we can't really step into that. We may get subpoenaed, mm -hmm. and um, but typically school counselors don't really take notes. It's kind of locked and loaded in here. Right. Uh, if we do take notes, it's it's because we need to protect the students' privacy mm -hmm. and we need to protect the family's privacy at all. It, that's that's paramount for yes, your role. Yes, ethically, legally, paramount to yep. protect that information um, because. Parents, families, and students, you have a legal right to protect that information with a school counselor, just in case you know. don't know. <laughs> um, so that's very, very important that because that is private information, and a lot of what is shared is super private. Um, the only time that we have to share information from a student is if there's self-harm involved, harm to others, um, any sort of... Uh, at, act of violence suggestion or anything is when uh, family and admin, um, family contacted number one. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it involves school and other students, admin. Um, so that's kind of the only time that you can share. Legally, I have to share. Yeah. I have to share them what's going on, period. Yeah. So I think that's similar for me too. I, I think I'm a, as a clergy, I think I'm a mandated reporter yes. if I hear of things like that. Yes, so, yes. Um, Most youth pastors don't know this. They are mandated yep. reporters. Yep. If you are in youth ministry or you are a pastor, you're a mandated reporter. So that's it. But for, um, yeah, so we're kind of your first responders. That's what school yep. counselors do. But again, it's really to focus on education, ensuring that your child is su successful within education. So it's a lot of organization it's a lot of social situations. Mm -hmm. I'm with middle schoolers right now. It's a lot of <laughs> how, a lot of social situations. <laughs> how do we handle this when we get all fired up and we're ready to? <laughs> so what do we do with that? And kind of um, talking through a lot of that. And then my personally, um, I believe in res building up students to be resilient in exactly who they are. Mm, yeah. So no matter where you come from, no matter what's going on, how can be, we be resilient mm -hmm. and teach resiliency? That's my big... I, because I want students to feel empowered in exactly who they are, yeah. um, that they, they are enough. Mm -hmm. And this, I call it sneaky Jesus, um, <laughs> is just v viewing them through the lens of God. Yeah. And that's the filter that I view each and because every one of Because since it's students. a public school, you can't actively bring your no. faith in it. No. But you can instill and work with biblical values like perseverance. That is a, that resiliency right. you're talking about is a biblical value. Right, right. And, you know, obviously respecting people and caring Abs for self and self-care. Those are biblical values. Absolutely. And, and um, I work with a lot of students with different religions um, mm -hmm. and just being able to respect that and exchange. I've had some really cool conversations about that. Um, yeah. I have quite a few Muslim students, quite a few students with um, work with shamanism. That's a whole other conversation. Um, Actually, it'll come up a little bit. Oh, it will. That's true. Uh, but uh, um, so just being respectful of their viewpoint and mm -hmm. where they come from. Um, but me personally, when I'm working with a student, the lens of, of, a child of God created in the image of God is my mm -hmm. number one lens that I work with immediately yeah. whenever a student yeah. walks in. They will never know it. Well, now they will. <laughs> if um, you're watching. <laughs> if you're watching. Yeah. Um, but just to empower them in who they are. Yeah. That's my big. Yeah. That's my personal goal. Goal. If you were to sit down as a counselor, like what is your, because a teacher gets asked this in your classroom, like what is your mission statement, mm. personal mission statement? And so as a counselor, that's my personal mission statement. Yeah. So then now to transition a little bit away from your expertise and move more generally to questions of what is mental health? What is a mental health illness? What is a, a syndrome? Some of those kinds of things. So let's kind of talk about that because, you know, we all have our days where we as individuals feel depressed or yes. have anxiety for a day does that mean I'm battling depression? Like, I know I do battle depression, but 
if if I'm a person that's just having a really bad day right. or a bad week, like you know, you experience right. a job loss or a loss of a person right. or whatever right. challenge your car gets broken into. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for laughing about my car. Oh, sorry, that's it's super very sweet. kind of my good friend. <laughs> um, but what does it mean to actually have like a mental health issue or illness? So to so to have a mental health disorder you phrased it really well that everybody has bad days everybody mm -hmm. now i have miley cyrus stuck in my head everybody has those days um so i found this is okay here we go gotta pull up my laptop okay so the dsm-5 mm -hmm. is like the official uh in the world of psychology and mental health it is the Bible mm -hmm. of diagnosis. It has everything in there that is under a mental health disorder. So the, D the DSM-5 definition of a mental disorder, I'm gonna read it. Mm -hmm. You ready? Okay, and it's it. a little technical, but yep. she's gonna break it down. I'm gonna so break it down. It's gonna be fine. Okay. A mental disorder is a syndrome characterized by clinically significant disturbance in an individual's cognition emotional regulation or behavior that reflects a dysfunction in the psychological biological or development process underlying mental functioning what <laughs> <laughs> so break that down for me <laughs> i can't spell half those words um i can spell them i can <laughs> right <laughs> So a syndrome is characterized by a clinically significant disturbance in an individual's cognition, emotional regulation, or behavior. So individual's cognition is how you think. Okay. So your cognition, your brain. Your thought process. Your thought process. Your yep. All that kind of stuff. Okay. Cognition. Emotion regulation. So when you have things coming at you, are you flying off the handle? Do you go really low? Like you kind of need this. It's a healthy medium wave. Mm -hmm because you're always gonna feel ups and you're always gonna feel downs. So it just needs to be this like very gentle wave. And emotional regulation, so it's not necessarily what emotion you're feeling, but how you're managing the feeling. Yes, okay. yes, so how you're managing the feeling. So um, if you become easily enraged with something and it's a ah, freak out and then all of a sudden you dip real low and life is horrible. Like those, those are like, oh, you want your emotion to be, I am, really upset right now man yeah. like i need to go to i, I need to go take a run mm -hmm. to like Chill. get myself kind of recentered. yeah okay that's that's kind of emotional regulation where are mm -hmm. you with that recognize your emotions and handling them maturely yes yes and so that looks different for everyone for everyone and how old you are and where <laughs> you are okay that's a yeah. whole other conversation okay um behavior so what right what you do you go smash a wall if you're super angry or you know you ice car window right that's true um or you isolate yourself that's kind of a big one that's, that's kind of my go-to yep or used to be yep that used to be my go-to too um and so that reflects a dysfunction in the psychological so this is your brain again uh, biological so these are the chemicals and the liquids and the whatever you want to call it within your body hormones hormones and endorphins, yes endorphins serotonin whatever that is <laughs> yeah all those big words I know there's words yeah words I can't neurotransmitters spell. yes and then or developmental processes underlying uh, mental functioning so developmental processes how you develop from as you're developing whatever yeah. kind of i can't i don't know how to explain <laughs> it so essentially the the easy ver the the what i don't know nutshell version there you go <laughs> like the cookie cutter the <laughs> nutshell version of it is a mental health disorder is when it disrupts your daily life so you can mm, no okay. longer function in your daily life in There's, a normal way in a normal way mm -hmm. so if you are waking up every couple hours to make sure that the door of your house is locked at night you're no longer getting sleep and when your body doesn't get sleep you sleeping is like the number one thing mm -hmm. if a student comes to me and says something's going on my first question is are you sleeping at night mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's a huge part of yes, your daily life yes if you are not sleeping and rest your body's not resting you, your brains can't fire off and can't function yeah. at at uh at the rate that they 
can in a normal way in a normal well yeah. i mean we could go on a whole tangent of define normal but sure. they can't function to the best of their abilities mm -hmm. is what i like to say so um so that's that's disrupting your daily life you can't super function you know work becomes difficult if you're not yeah. sleeping um, interactions and social stuff at work. You don't have to be a brilliant person at socializing at work, but there are that water cooler stuff at work. Yeah, that you need to be able to navigate. Yeah, you need to be able to navigate. And yeah. so that that when it disrupts that, now we're under the blanket of a mental health disorder. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna have a day. Everybody has a day where or a week or a week or whatever um, where you're off. This is a consistent thing mm -hmm. over over weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's a starting to see a behavioral pattern of, um, you know what, I'm just gonna stay in bed today, mm -hmm. and we've been that way now for like a month. Okay, yeah. now we need to start talking about yeah, it. Yeah, talking about it, dealing with it. And... Right, and this is where your friend, who's a therapist, can yes. expand more on. <laughs> so in a few weeks, I will be um, interviewing another guest, a friend of mine, who I will keep the suspense up and not cite her name yet okay um but yes we are going to interview a therapist as well um to get some other perspectives as well on some of these questions because where my knowledge basis kind of stops is i can recognize the symptoms if i've got a student that's falling asleep constantly in class something else is going on we need to start figuring it out mm -hmm. okay putting the dots together calling home Letting teachers know, let's look at work, let's look at all this social, where does she sit at, he or she's sit at lunch, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, I put all those puzzle pieces together and then take it and then it goes off to the next step essentially. Yeah. So that's kind of where, yeah. where, yeah. And another thing I know you'd wanted to mention was... I'm a detective. I just thought of that. <laughs> another thing you'd wanted to mention was that you approach um, mental health from a Western perspective. Yes. What does that mean to you? Okay. So, again, so when we talk about normal functioning in society, we're talk my I grew up in the Midwest. I've never lived anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I've traveled all over the globe, mm -hmm. but I've lived only in the Midwest. Um... So my perspective is from the Midwest of the United States of America. Now, has traveling all over the globe, I've sung with choirs from all over the world. I've um, experienced cultures all over the place. Mm -hmm. Definitely gives me a different perspective. Has broadened your horizon. Absolutely, yep. because I've been able to, I've been exposed to all of that, which changes. So when, but again, when we talk about mental health from an Adlerian perspective, because that's where I got my grad school degree, so Adlerian perspective from the Midwest American Western culture. So that's a very significant thing to say and to make sure that is just verbalized. So when we talk about normal lifestyles, when we say uh, daily life, right, that's going to mean something different to mm. us mm -hmm. than someone living in uh, South Korea. Mm -hmm. So can you give an example <laughs> too? Because it's like you mentioned shamanism earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I work with a, I work with a high Hmong population. That's mm -hmm. why. Super amazing. Because Minneapolis it's, and St. Paul has a very large Hmong yes, population. Yes, they've taught me so much. It's yeah. been really cool. Yeah. Um, so it just means that um, there's a cultural difference. So um, America is very, and all of this I could say without getting too into detail is shifting currently, I would say. Mm. Um, but it's a very individualistic yes. uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. So again, when I talk about, like when I do career lessons, School counselors do everything, is the moral of the story. <laughs> so when I do career lessons or we're talking about the future, right, I'm looking at individualistic self, what do I want mm, for my yeah. future? Mm -hmm. It's very different for a lot of the students that I worked with, which I find, which I'm changing a lot of my curriculum for next year because that's... Because you're learning. Right, because yeah. I'm learning and I, yeah. Um, it's family comes first. Mm -hmm. So if I so do more collectivistic, collectivistic. Culture. So if I do something, it's for the betterment of the family versus for the betterment of self. Mm -hmm. So it's just a very unique, different mm -hmm. perspective, which they may end up going on the same path for two different goals, but they're different goals and different mindsets for how to get there. Right. Right. And so one isn't bad. One isn't so our, the role in mental health in a counselor is 
to be as unbiased as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. We cannot be completely unbiased. Right. We're human. It's right. just it's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, my role is to be as completely unbiased as I possibly can be mm-hmm. as a school counselor. And, and so, recognizing your perspective is a part of that. Absolutely. And so being aware of all that, and this probably sounds super hippy-dippy to a lot of people, <laughs> and like, hmm, but it's just um, in order to help that student be the best they can be, my, I don't count in mm. that scenario when I'm yeah. listening to that student. It doesn't... I'm. I'm a blank slate and my role is to empower and encourage them from their perspective. So a lot of what I do is simply listening Mm -hmm. and then coming up with ways to help them feel successful as themselves from their cultural background, from their family history, from whatever their perspective is um, and and build them up Mm -hmm. in in that way and who they are as an individual. I hope this is making sense. Yeah. When I love what you just said about approaching people as like a blank slate and what Im- that immediately triggered in my mind was like approaching people without judgment. A hundred percent, yes. And just being listening and loving and just, you know, being there for them where they were at. I absolutely. Mean, I think that's absolutely the example of Jesus. He just yeah. kind of came to people as a blank slate and said, I just, just I want to talk to you. I want to be with you. Yeah. And I just want to know what you're experiencing. I want to eat your food. Yeah. Jesus ate a lot of food. He did. It's part of why I love him, but you know. Yeah. Not the There's a lot of good reasons. There's a lot Jesus. of good things. Like <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's to be kind of as non-judgmental as possible mm-hmm. and to just to love that student exactly where they're at yeah. for good, bad, or ugly, man. Mm-hmm. So that's some of the definitional stuff about mental health. Yeah. Let's go a little bit into the science of it. We're not going to go super deep because Mm-mm. I'm not equipped for that. I don't think most of us need that. No. <laughs> but it is helpful for us to have some understanding of what mental health illnesses are in some cases. Yeah. Because that can help us to approach things in a more helpful way. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so like, talk to me a little bit about, like, depression, anxiety, ADHD, some of those main common mental health concerns. What's kind of some of the science behind that? So I'm not a super expert and I don't know a whole lot. So I'm just going <laughs> to clarify. Yep. As you say, I have the right to be wrong. <laughs> um, it's a, my knowledge basis is very limited because again, that's, I need to have a basis of education for school counseling, but I don't need to have. You don't have that level of depth. Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm actually. But you can still help us understand. Some yes. Of the yes. Chemicals. So that level of depth, I am actually doing some work to gain more because awesome. that would help me in my job. Um, and that's so, where we'll get into a little bit deeper with my friend that yes. we'll talk to in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. So, so. I'm right now. Um, so essentially, when we look at things like ADD or ADHD, we're looking at a chemical hormonal imbalance. Okay. So we're looking at the. There's biology involved in depression, anxiety. There's biology involved in everything. Sure. Because it's all, here we go, you ready? It's all connected. Wow. Yes, biologically, psychologically, spiritually, whatever you believe Mm -hmm. spiritually. It's all, it's all connected. It's a giant Mm -hmm. big circle of life. And that's how God designed it. Yeah, it's incredible actually the more you study it because you can see the like detailed work of God. I mean, it's just, mm. it's incredible. I gained a better appreciation of God through all this. Um, just in the way that he, oh, it's just cool. It's just cool. <laughs> Our brains are wild. Um, so it's very cool. So we're looking at biological, uh, e- either the body is overproducing something or underproducing something. Okay. So in the we, brain. In the brain. Or in the nervous system. In the nervous system. Um, so when we look at depression, um, there's there's a biological deficiency, mm-hmm. or over, there's there's just too much of one chemical or too little of another. Right, right. Again, base knowledge of this. Yeah. So um, what that means is when we introduce drugs or a chemical, we're Medication. Medication. We are making up for that imbalance. Mm-hmm. So what that means is we're bringing the brain and the body to a place where they can start functioning from, we can start psychologically coming to conclusions 
because we have now mm -hmm. regulated our emotions into this nice fancy wave mm -hmm. versus having these really big wild dips. swings yep yeah. and so the medication in a sense is a way of helping someone feel regulated mm -hmm. because there there's a sense of um irregulation and and any student and any person I've worked with with depression, anxiety, ADHD, or any and across the board, they'll all students, adults won't do this because adults hide things better, <laughs> and students are just more honest. Um, are fully aware that they feel out of control. So mm, a lot yeah. of ADHD students I work with are like, I know that I'm out of control when yeah. their behavior spins. There's just a complete recognition that they're struggling. And so what drugs can help with is to help regulate that mm -hmm. so that they, there's a sense of normalcy, there's a sense of focus. So then when things do, because people, a lot of people don't know this, mood swings are huge with ADD and ADHD. It's mm -hmm. not talked about a whole lot, but there's a lot of mood swings. And so what it can help regulate is all of that. So then they feel like, then they feel normal in a school setting. Yeah whatever normal is right you know again normal whole, varies from person to person right right again that could be a whole other tangent <laughs> but um it's that that's medication the role of medication now again these type of medication are hormonal based mm -hmm. okay so what that means from as a school counselor when i've got kiddos on on this different medication is as your kiddo biologically changes and grows and shifts because their brain is growing at such a rapid pace, their body's growing, we could go into a whole conversation <laughs> about that. Um, the medication will need to shift and move with that person, mm -hmm. with that Whether student. Whether it's the dosage or the actual kind of medication. Yep. 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 So that's the ex you. So parents need to be aware that as their kid biologically shifts and changes with hormones and, and tears and all the crazy stuff starts happening. That's that, exactly what I was like with my parents. Yeah. yeah just just complete highs and lows. Total normal for kids. Yeah. Um, to have all these hormonal shifts because their body's changing so much, especially in middle school. And so just to be aware that that medication will need to shift and change with it because mm -hmm. it's all hormonal. Mm -hmm. And so then that some of that question of why why is the science of this happen? Why are there imbalances? So mm. from a Christian perspective, one might say, is this a result of the fall right. of, of, you know, the world is broken and you know, things are off kilter, or is this more just a part of human nature? That's obviously not a question we can answer definitively. No. <laughs> but it's it's definitely worth asking because, yeah. you know, we don't know why there's, why this, we don't know the reason why these mental chemical imbalances happen. Right. Um, we don't need to, um, but we need to be aware that that's part of living life as a human being. <laughs> right, right. And to, um, that's an area of grace as well, um, to recognize that. And, you know, again, Jesus people met people exactly where they were at. Mm -hmm. And so we, we just, as science has evolved over the years, we've been able to study the brain a lot more and discover, you know, these inconsistencies. And part of, you know, part of it too, which I think we're going to get into later is, you know, God created everything. He must have created the minds of the people to create these yes. things, yep. right? And so a lot of people hear that and think of an excuse and totally, I mean, we're, this is not light what we're talking about. And right. I'm sure a lot of people could disagree and dispute with a lot of what I say. Totally cool. I reserve the right to be wrong. <laughs> it's all good. I'm a student and will forever be learning. Um, but the more and more we study the brain, the more and more we, you know, because we can visually study what parts of the brain get stimulated mm. when doing certain things. It's really cool, yeah. the research that's yeah. out there now. Um, and for me, I think it's fascinating. Again, because I see the hand of God in all of it. Yeah. It's incredible how we wired our brains, which oh, yeah. I'm, we're going to get into later. I, it's yeah. going to be overkill to do it now. But <laughs> So there's just a lot that we've been able to study mm -hmm. and get a better and deeper understanding of. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something to be acknowledged and doesn't 
I, I don't personally believe that that diminishes God. I think it just gives us a bigger insight into God's creation mm-hmm. and the same way that like science does and like studying the stars and right. astronomy like we learn so much about how God designed everything to work with gravity and blah. well and the intricacies <laughs> yeah. of everything that's yeah. what's so cool to me is just oh my <laughs> gosh we most of what we're made of and how we function are like teeny tiny little brain pops chemicals chemicals that like (laughs) dictate how we function it's crazy (laughs) and so i just think it's it's just oh it's cool i don't even know where we were at i'm totally off track well um (laughs) so i also wanted to talk to some about like some of the common treatment methods of um so we've kind of already addressed medication but the two probably the two biggest parts of treating mental health um issues or disorders are medication, which we've talked about, and yep. therapy, and often in conjunction, that's the most one of the most successful. Formats. Yes, in so, conjunction yep. is most successful. So then, what is therapy, kind of in a nutshell? Oh, jeez, what did I in a s- nutshell? In a nutshell, therapy is how did I define it when we I talked know, last time? It was a so good. Checkpoint. Yes. Therapy is someone that listens, observes body language, helps provide a mirror to help you understand yourself. Yes, the mirror. Okay, I was like, what I said last time when we met was really good. <laughs> um, therapy is a mirror. It's it's someone to ref- that can listen, a human being that can listen and reflect back mm. what you've been saying. Because a lot of times when we talk or when we act, when we think, we don't recognize what we're doing has X, Y, and Z implications. Or we don't recognize a lot of people, and this is especially true in teens, don't recognize how negative they talk about themselves until someone holds up a mirror. Mm -hmm. So what happened to me in my therapy when um, years ago when I first started, and I was in very intensive therapy, um, is my therapist asked me to count how many times in one day, no, it was one week, one week count how many times in one week i said something negative about myself it could Mm. be a thought or out loud Mm -hmm. but it would be anything from like oh man i got that wrong i'm so ugly oh why did i do that that was stupid so any type of like negative self-talk self-talk i lost track after one day because i was it was so immense yeah and i lost track after one day and that's not to say that we shouldn't acknowledge our mistakes. Oh, right. No. But there's yeah. a healthy way to do that Absolutely. versus an unhealthy way to do that. Absolutely. Yep. It's the difference between saying, okay, I made a mistake on that. I need to correct that versus I made a mistake and I'm a failure. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even going to get up and try again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and versus like, okay, you know what? I feel awful. That was not great. Okay, let me just take, let me take a five-minute pity party. All right, let's get up and try again. You know what? Maybe mm-hmm. I need to even do some more research again. Because, mm-hmm. like, so Maybe what I if... I need to talk to someone about how I can do this better. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, someone after watching this can go, Anna, you were totally wrong on this point and this point. Great, tell me how I was wrong so I can learn and, and be better next time. Email me. My email address is in the notes section. Yeah, that's a true story. You can I'll can't. pass along any emails. Because, now. fun fact... <laughs> I don't know if Kirk wants me to do this, but Shar's husband, Kirk, has been a school counselor forever. Mm-hmm. I actually got to work. He was my mentor, mm-hmm. one of my mentors, and I worked under him for about six months. Um, talk about someone who is amazing at yes. what they do. Yes. Oh, I say yes as if I know, but I, I was never a student in Kirk's school. <laughs> hey, Kirk, this is for you. Uh, Kirk is, was, to Kirk. An, yeah, was an amazing mentor, um, and his years of experience and his working with students, he could diffuse situations within like 30 seconds just by showing up. It was wild. <laughs> um, absolutely amazing school counselor. Yeah. I mean, it. I'm, I had the privilege and honor to learn from him. To learn from him. Yeah. I will never forget that. Kirk, yeah. you're amazing. Don't, there you go. <laughs> when therapy looks like a lot of things, and I know for me, part of therapy, because I've also been in therapy for several years, and a major part of it is learning healthy coping, yes. coping mechanisms That's and right. tools <laughs> to process things that happen. Yes. So I think of a toolbox. So when you go to therapy, you're essentially getting tools in your toolbox to help you respond to different situations. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
my, one of my tools in my toolbox is a filter. I think of like old school gold mining during yes. the gold rush and it's a filter. So if someone's talking to me about something where I've had a really bad experience with it, essentially I'm taking their words or their actions and I'm shuffling it in this filter. Mm -hmm. So all and this the filter is one of the tools. Filter is one mm -hmm. of the tools in my toolbox. And I'm and I'm shuffling that out. And all this stuff that that isn't pointed at me, that is nothing personal, that mm -hmm. isn't really relevant. Oh, I what is this person even talking about? Because I totally didn't do that. Yeah. Like that's all the sand just falling through. And what remains is the gold pieces. Mm -hmm. The things like, hmm, you know what? He they might have been correct on saying that yep. so maybe i need to reevaluate oh man that was a really cool statement maybe i should look into that more that's mm -hmm. really cool oh interesting you know what i can totally relate to that situation how they're yeah. feeling about that like i totally get how that feels oh man you know mm -hmm. and so it's this i can filter and so when i'm in a social situation i don't I no longer need to, sometimes I still do, depending on how exhausted I am. <laughs> um, but I don't need to like necessarily remove myself from the situation. I can just kind of filter through what's happening. Right. Um, and that what that part of that filter also does is it's not about self. Mm, yeah. It's about the other person. Yeah. I can filter out what's about me and what's about the other person. Yeah. So when I think that was helpful for me this weekend when my, somebody tried to steal my car and break my window, I realized later that part of the reason I wasn't super angry about it was because I realized they weren't attacking me personally. Right. They were doing something for themselves to try to make a quick buck or whatever. Um, but they weren't like, oh, that's Kevin's car. Let's try to steal it. Right. Unless it was, and then I'm in danger or something. <laughs> why are you at my, why are you here? You yeah. need to leave. No. <laughs> so it's, it's, therapy can, it helps shift our viewpoint. It yes. helps shift our lens. Um, and it's, it's a human being that can connect with us on a unique and unbiased level. That's mm -hmm. the unique thing is a therapist has no skin in the game. Yeah. So it's not your family member that's going to take sides or even if they say they don't take sides, right? You're still going to have this like, well, it's a family member, right? Mm -hmm. A therapist is totally unbiased. Mm -hmm. They have no skin in the game in your family. Yep. They don't care mm -hmm. in a sense. Like their concern is you. Yeah. And they're just an objective third-party person that just kind of says you know, as you've been talking, I've noticed that you say this about yourself. Right. Or you refer to this situation in this way. And then they just kind of notice some of the patterns that you have in your speech and in your conduct. And some of those patterns are very revealing. And so, yes. like, since I've done that work a lot with a therapist, I'm able to do a lot of that work on my own now. Yeah. And I can say, oh... I'm reacting that way to this scenario because it reminds me of this scenario 20 years ago. Yep. 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 <laughs> so, and so, like, as you notice when I talk about self and I got, I moved forward, you know, that's all. That's yeah. all. I mean, you could do a whole analysis on, on us right now talking. Um, and so that, that therapy, that's why therapy and medication is the best combo mm. because the therapy, the medication is helping to regulate and the therapy is helping to put the tools in the toolbox, especially for young students. Yeah. When we're we're struggling with these, you know. Oh, if I'd been in therapy 20 years ago, oh, I'd be so much better off. <laughs> I would have struggled a whole lot less. But like, that's okay though too, yeah. because in that struggle, we also form, there's also good things that happen in that struggle. And then again, that's where scripture and God meets, right? Yeah. When do we find joy in the struggle? And so, what therapy can do is add that lens of like, man, that was really hard. I'm getting really healthy now. And as I reflect, I would not be who I am today if yes. I had not gone yes. through that struggle. And that's a true story for me. I oh, don't yeah. think I would have worked in mental health if my mom hadn't passed away when I was 19. Right. Like I, I wouldn't have even thought about this field. Yeah. Um, and so I sometimes I sit and wonder like, what would I have been like if she was still alive? Like, what would my life be? Yeah. You know, and I I have no idea because oh, yeah. I love my life. I have a great life, and um, and so um, bumps and ups and downs, but sure. that's life. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't have that? Who doesn't have that? If they say they don't have that, they're lying. Right. <laughs> or right. in denial. Either one. Either one. And <laughs> so I I would say if we wanted to sum up kind of mental health, th 
therapy, and again, your therapist friend can go a lot more detail what therapy yes. is. My experience with therapy is from personal experience and um, guiding students and families to uh, a therapist that will help them the best. Yeah. Um, that's where my knowledge basis comes in. Um, and so it's everybody has trauma. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that happened at some point whatever and honestly in the last couple years the pandemic has probably been traumatic on some level for everyone absolutely even if you didn't lose your job or face extreme economic circumstances it was traumatic well historically this generation has never experienced our generation Mm. has never experienced really any type of um Na- national, level, national societal level national trauma. like shut down like that like we've yeah. never yeah you know probably really not since world war Two. did I'd something say, affect everyone i yeah even i would say vietnam that whole era yeah. would be mm-hmm. but then i mean if you have your subgroups anyway that's a whole different conversation yeah. um <laughs> but uh yeah so there this this level and so everybody has something going on and some people will never go to therapy and they'll totally function and be totally fine awesome that's great yeah. <laughs> um some people need the extra need the the extra support i do me too <laughs> um and and that's great mm-hmm. um and again it's a it's a non-judgment thing it's something that each person has to weigh for themselves um each family when i work with family and students just because i'm seeing behaviors and recommend i I can only recommend. Yeah. I can't. Well, I can't even. Sometimes I don't even recommend. I just say, "Here's the behaviors we're seeing," because again, it's a family decision. You mm-hmm. need to come together as a family. You know your kid best. I always say that. I'm just. I, I always say too. I'm here as a support to let you know that you're not alone as mm-hmm. a parent. There's someone else. And to show you what resources are available. Are available. Whether you take on the resources or not, totally your call. What whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's. Um, so that's kind of the push and pull of of yeah. of mental health. It, it will it will always kind of be this gray pendulum, mm. um, because again, post Europe, World War Two, totally shattered. Right? Mm-hmm. School counselors, PTSD wasn't even a thing yet. Um, not a not written about it. Not written about <laughs> it wasn't in the DSM. It was a thing. It just wasn't studied. Right, and Europe rebuilt itself. Yeah and economies rebuilt itself so there's the grounding aspect of mental health right Mm -hmm. how how did they manage to do it without school counselors well they (laughs) did so um which goes back to the resiliency thing that you talked about earlier god has designed us with resiliency absolutely and so that's there's so again there's that gray balance of school because if i were to stick to that right i'd get myself out of a job i wouldn't have a job (laughs) (laughs) right so but but right now with more research we've done the more uh scientific all the stuff that we've just figured out with our brains and medication and therapy and relationship and all this different stuff that's been discovered you know, there's where our role as school counselors come in because now we now we have the research, we have right. this knowledge, so now we can help provide resources mm-hmm. um, for families and um, create, hopefully, create more successful individuals yeah. in whatever success means. Yeah, because that word is can mean a lot of different things. Yeah, and then like the last thing I want to touch on real quick is just. I think sometimes we have ideas of what mental health treatments are that come from like horror movies or like movies from like, you know, that depict an era where everybody just got locked up in a straitjacket because they were insane. Yeah. So what are some treatments that are maybe sometimes associated with mental health that are no longer practiced today and are realized are actually probably more detrimental than helpful? Uh, straight jackets would be one of them. Straight jackets would be one of them. Padded rooms. Um, padded rooms. <laughs> and again, the you know i'm sure it exists out in the world yes it's not like it's been eliminated yeah i don't i don't know the full history extent of what happens across the globe across nations um but for a typical 
therapist, medication, those are going to be your two big ones. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to get recommended for electroshock therapy. Yep. Um, I do believe that is still around. In much fewer cases. Much fewer cases. That's not going to be your typical thing. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the asylum, when we think asylum, mm -hmm. um, does not exist anymore. Right. Um, at least in not in mainstream American mental health. Yes. <laughs> yes. So they were all shut down. I can't remember. We studied this a little bit. I can't remember when. Um, and so that's when they started in hospitals having the mental health ward, mm -hmm. essentially. Now you could, this is a whole other topic. You could, <laughs> this was brought up in grad school, just to kind of as a fascinating debate. This is, there's no viewpoint on it. This was just brought up as a debate from a professor to kind of get us discussing, okay, um, was with when asylums were shut down, there started to be an influx in prisons and an influx in, in hospitals. Interesting. So the debate that the professor brought up was, was it really, now, they, asylum's a different name, first of all, yeah. um, and total overhaul of how we treated human beings. Um, was it good to eliminate those? Because suddenly the influx in mental health wards and prisons went way up. And so that was the big discussion was around all that kind of stuff. So again, no opinion here, just stating a fact, just <laughs> stating a fact that was brought up. Um, yeah that we study a little bit in grad school. But that's a whole, oh my gosh, that's such a tangent. Yeah. That's a whole other tangent. Yeah. Anyway, grad school is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, I don't yeah. even know how to sum up this episode. Yeah. That was a lot of information. Well, so yeah, so I mean, basically what I wanted to cover today was just a lot of like basic definitional stuff to kind of wrap our minds a little bit around what mental health is, what is a mental health illness or disorder, what are some of the methods of treatment. Um, and so next week, we're going to talk about how does mental health intersect with the Bible and where are some of those intersections. Do you see mental health issues in the Bible? So we'll be delving into that. And then the week after that, we're going to get into um, how do I as a Christian or how do we as Christians yeah. navigate concerns of mental health? So thank you, Anna, for sharing your knowledge with us. Yes. And she's going to be back with us for another couple of episodes. And we will see you later. Yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Thanks. for watching. Whoop, whoop.